Hey, it's Jeff. Thanks for downloading this podcast. And do yourself a favor to hit the subscribe or follow button on your podcast app so you never miss an episode. Come on, let's go to the Blue Hotel. Just last night, Carla was awoken for the fifth time in as many days by her dreams. She lay still of body but busy of mind, immersed in thoughts of when and where and what and with whom. The longer she spent without, the darker her thoughts had become. It felt like an eternity and not by choice either. The world had changed and she was certain that the only thing worse than being single during a pandemic might have been being partnered with somebody who was driving you crazy and not in a good way. Carla was thankful that wasn't her. She longed for nights that made the sheets soaking wet from the summer sweat that could only come from the fire and the feeling of bodies bare. It was as captivating as it was cruel, the images that appeared in those recurring dreams, because when they ended, which was usually just as things were getting heated, her eyes opened to the reality that the bed was empty but for her. Sometimes unable to fall back to sleep, She'd land upon some amateur porn, which was hit and miss, but when it hit, it hit home and hard. Again, just last night, lying bare on his back, a tanned body against the backdrop of the whitest of sheets. He was blindfolded, arms above his head, hands clasped, chest bold, thighs strong and spread wide, cock long and bent, pointing northwest. And that's where Candy probably her real name, too, came in with her mouth watering and tongue ready to circle the big cock's head and taste the dew that had collected at its opening. Like Candy, Carla was also obsessed about the sticky sweetness of a man's pre-cum. Carla couldn't tell whether Candy ended up faking her orgasm once she started riding that thing, but she took all of about five minutes to find herself on the verge. Carla squirted like a fountain onto the hardwood floor below. She wondered what people did when Broadloom was all the rage. She mopped herself off of the bedroom floor, and she got ready for bed. It was what now, her 77th consecutive Thursday night home alone? Lockdown had come with too many nights that had turned to weeks and months, too much thinking, masturbating was kind of getting old. What Carla wanted was to be rattled and raged upon. Glimpses of some of the more insane moments of her own life permeated her daydreams, too. Like that time in the heat of summer, she went to see Rage Against the Machine, hammering it loud and live at the stadium, and damn near everybody in the house was drenched and dripping with the energy and the optimism of the show. So many bodies so close, so close that when she backed herself up, pushing her ass against his hardness, it prompted the stranger to grip her hips just slightly until she confirmed that her backup was no accident by pushing back harder like a ram in reverse. They would have fucked right then and there if they could have. When the show was over, she took him by the hand and pulled him into the cab, where they sucked each other's mouths on their way to her loft, where lights invitingly twinkled about the ceiling above the bed and surrounded the headboard, and wasting no time, it was between the doorway and the mattress. Every bit of their clothing was shed. They landed on the bed together, and his hard cock was the same long bent affair from last night's porn, and it was Carla's mouth this time that met it her tongue circling its head, her lips sucking away the sweet pre-cum she loved so, 
And while she took as many inches of his shaft as she could, the yin and yang of their sixty-nine put his lips upon her thrusting mound. And while she continued sucking, he lapped up her juice as he tongued her sweet and swollen clit. And they spent the next half hour alternating between sucking one another off and fucking. It was the first time ever that Carla experienced a guy who, after pumping her with a shaft, would go back to going down on her. Not once, but again and again. The hotter and wetter her tight box became with the thrusts of his cock, the more he desired her taste. She finally came with the grinding of his pelvis, and she came again with the stroking of his fingers and tongue. It energized her to get on top and stay on top and ride him like the unbroken wild horse he was, until he was ready to explode, and when he was, he pulled out and buried it between her lips, and she happily took it all down her throat. It was the music, and it was the heat, and it was the dancing, and it was the need, and it was a hell of a good night. And these were the stories that crept into Carla's dreams, on these nights of nothingness that had turned into Groundhog Day, over and over and over again. But now the need was back with a vengeance because lockdown was done. She'd had her second jab. She was ready to put herself out there again. She laughed at a caption she'd read on Dan Savage's column about how post-pandemic the whoring twenties had arrived. Bring it on, she decided. Now where was that porn star on his back with his hands tied above his head and lightning rod cock ready to be mounted? Tinder? Plenty of fish? No thanks, she thought. She wished more men showed up at yoga. Then Carla stumbled upon a piece on bustle that stated what might seem like the obvious, location is everything. The top ten places to find a hookup. Given the luck she'd had at the Rage show, Carla was surprised only 2% of respondents reported getting lucky with someone they met at a concert. About 3% said they met their match for one night at a store, 4% through a neighbor, 5% at a gym or a museum, 7% on public transportation, 8% at a wedding, 9% at a nightclub, 11% at a hotel in the bar, presumably. 14% at a non-hotel bar or party. And the number one place among the 10,000 people in the survey? The street. Just walking along and what do you know, a stranger, or perhaps someone with whom you're acquainted, or maybe a friend you hadn't fucked yet. Carla found herself doing a mental inventory of her experiences. Concert, check. Store, check. Through a neighbor, for sure. At the gym, no. At a museum? She gave head once there. Public transportation? No way. At a wedding? When she was 19. Nightclub, hotel, bar, at a party? These were all kind of like shooting fish in a barrel, she figured. The one thing that had changed was no more boozy sex for her. The best sex was done when you're sober. But never mind that. It's Friday. And finally, a long-awaited appointment with Maria, Carla's hairdresser. And Maria did more than just cut hair. She had a side hustle with her partner, Chloe. The pair would book high-end Airbnbs and by invitation only through word of mouth, through parties where anything could and did go down, a throwback to Roman orgies, sex parties, swing town as it were. Carla had heard the stories from Maria and decided maybe it was time to try it out this Saturday. Picture the space, a penthouse suite, a well-appointed terrace with heaters and loungers in a hot tub and a massive great room with what can only be called the world's biggest sex bed. Two black leather symmetrical U-shaped sectionals, 
like two giant U-shaped magnets, tips touching, making for a 12 by 12 foot square, in the middle of which is a king-sized bed. One big leather playground that's 144 square feet of leather, on and against which anything could happen, explained Maria. Carla had a couple of questions, like, who's coming? Everyone's coming, said Maria slyly, adding lots of couples for whom vanilla sex was never going to be enough, and some single women, and single men, and you, and me, and Chloe, and a DJ, and a bartender, all in maybe 28, 30 people. Carla couldn't remember whether Maria took part. Yeah, Chloe and I do together, she said. We sort of set the tone and get things started. We get all dolled up and put ourselves in the middle of the big bed and play. And everyone that's on the list has to arrive between 10 and 11, and some people actually come just to watch and have a couple of drinks, and the rest of us are as wild as we want to be. Carla couldn't remember this either, so she asked, Did you ever like cock? Maria laughed and said, It's not like I never liked it. I just like pussy more. And I wouldn't want to live with a man. But I love to live with Chloe. It just works better day to day. Carla herself was confirmed by. She couldn't imagine a sex life without men and women in it. Her appetite ebbed and flowed for both sexes. She identified as fluid. She figured it had more to do with the energy of the person, and she'd gotten as wet for women as she had for men. Her body's reaction as much as her brain informed much of her decision-making around relationships and sex. In a perfect world, her mouth would get the taste of pussy and her cunt would get filled with cock. So this party seemed right up her alley. What she got off on most was the sounds she could coax out of her lovers when they came. Speaking of sounds, Carla asked Maria, what about the music? It's totally on fire, assured Maria. DJ Waves is totally lit with jams from all the eras. You'll love her. When Saturday arrived, that morning Carla slipped on shorts and flip-flops and a skimpy t-shirt, pushed her hair up on top of her head and rode her bike, locking it up in front of jet fuel, where she ordered a mocha and parked her butt on a stool at the front, with its open windows and morning risers passing by on Parliament Street. Sufficiently caffeinated, she rode herself east along Carlton towards Church Street and north, dismounting and locking up again at the rack by Cruz and Tango, the bars in the building where karaoke nights had just started up again and the drag shows were back in all their glory. But mornings on church were a much quieter affair as slowly people came back to life with their coffee and conversation about the night before and the plans for the next. Just as she secured her bike in place again, she heard a voice, familiar and deep, Carla. Turning around, it was Cassius, her ex, the on-again, off-again love of her life, They'd crossed the country together, abandoning their lives out west, where they'd first met three years earlier, landing in Toronto, diving into one another's hearts and souls and bodies with an intense passion. They were all fire together. They burned hot, too hot. He was expressive to a fault and full of unresolved feelings about his past. She was open and trusting of his intentions, but emotionally closed off to the point that instead of talking about things that needed to be talked about, she turned and ran and then came back. But in the end, it was he who actually bailed in another of his recurring midlife crises. And now two years had passed since they'd laid eyes upon each other, two-thirds of which was pandemic. And now here they were, just three feet apart on Church Street. Carla laughed, which is what she did every time she saw Cassius. 
It was a combination of nervous excitement and resignation. When they were in the same room or even close proximity like this, they tingled just by each other's presence. How are you, she asked. Better now, said Cassius. And it was the truth. Carla's presence was electric. She was the girl with the fireworks coming out of her head. Her green eyes were like that of an exotic cat. It was not uncommon for people to call Carla the most interesting face in the room. And it melted him like butter, and she knew it. And what Carla loved most about him? His hands, and the way they made her feel when he touched her. She'd always say, I need your man hands on me. And while things had ended pretty badly, on this morning, all these months later, the past didn't seem to matter. They were both just happy to be unmasked and free to be on the street together. Carla said, what's going on? Cassius pointed up to the second story window. Underwear. I need to get some. Maybe a swimsuit. You know this place is my weakness. They'd come to browse and shop together here before. He'd try on clothes and she'd help by retrieving different sizes and they'd get themselves all worked up in the process. You want to come help, he asked. Carla and Cassius proceeded up the six stairs to the doorway, then up a flight of stairs to the men's room, the only shop in the entire city that had the kind of clothes Cassius would wear. Trying on clothes had long made him unbelievably horny. They entered the shop together, and she said, I'll come help you when you find a few things to try on. Then she headed to peruse the sex toys part of the store. Cassius had probably bought a dozen bathing suits from these racks. He'd gone back to wearing the ones he first wore at 13 and 14 years old. He'd shown up on the surfing beaches of Southern California where every guy wore board shorts. And people said, what are you, on the Canadian swim team? Not only did he want to get a tan on the upper part of his legs, he just wanted to wear what men on European beaches wore. And when people questioned or laughed at his bathing suit choices, all he had to say was, would James Bond wear board shorts? Cassius found three pairs to try on and went into the stall which didn't have a door, but rather a curtain that never quite closed all the way. And that kind of turned him on, too. He got naked and slipped into the first pair. Just as he was pulling them up, Carla's voice, How you make it out in there? He pulled back the curtain and said, What do you think of these? His balls were hidden, but his cock not so much. At least not all of it. Carla laughed and said, I like those. She reached out and squeezed the exposed tip between her fingers. And then withdrew her hand and said, I probably should have asked you whether you're seeing anyone or not. I've been on a pandemic solo mission. Me too, she replied, returning her hand to his cock and saying, Is that a rocket in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? The men's room staff weren't oblivious so much as they were indifferent to what patrons got up to, within reason. Cassius took off the first suit and tried on the second. All right, how about this one? You know that trying on suits with me will never work. I don't think I've seen you without a hard-on since I met you. I don't know if we could even go to a beach together without causing a scene. They'd only ever been to Hanlon's Point Beach together, where clothing was optional, which they loved. They'd walk up and down the beach holding hands while getting an all-over tan. His cock just didn't go down when he was around Carla. He tried on the third suit with the same results, and snatched the three pairs up and found a pack of his favorite underwear, and he took everything to the counter and paid. Down the stairs together they went, stopping at her bicycle. Carla said, you remember Maria, the hairstylist, asked Cassius. You remember she used to put on those learn-to-love-better classes? Cassius recalled the blowjob classes. Well, that too, said Carla. 
Not that you needed lessons, said Cassius. Speaking of which, she shot back. Tonight, she's throwing one of her famous parties at a penthouse. I'm going to go give it a shot. You should come. Cassius said, you think? They'd broken up before they'd managed to get to one of Maria's sex parties, although they had played together with men and women and once a couple, which was Carla's idea, but when it got heated and they'd swap partners, she couldn't bear to watch him without getting emotional. The whole thing backfired. The fantasy of it all often fueled their fire, but maybe the fantasy was best left at that. Cassius thought and said, we haven't been together in forever. Are you sure it's a good idea? Carla said, well, I know you don't mind me with the women. Of course not, he said. How could I get jealous of that? Carla continued, and I don't mind seeing women suck your cock, or for that matter, men. It turned her on a lot to watch Cassius getting blown. It was the fucking that she still wasn't sure she could handle, even though they were no longer a couple. She thought about it for a second and said, I think that our both being by was one of the best things we had going for us. Cassius couldn't argue. Carla added, I've come to terms with you being with other women. But as long as I know it's a one-off, or at least it's in my presence and you're going home with me, I think I'm okay with it. No matter what happens with whom, we go home together. Cassius looked Carla in the eye and said, My God, it's good to see you. I'll pick you up tonight. They hugged and kissed and went their separate ways for the moment. Getting ready, Carla showered but didn't wash her hair. She loved how it looked on the second or third day. That rock star just got fucked look. She decided not to wear anything, but simply slipped a trench coat over her naked body and then decided it a good idea to pull some underwear on because she was mid-psycho, which meant perpetually drenched between her legs. Even when she wasn't aroused, she pulled some strappy shoes onto her bare feet and headed down the hall to the elevator and down to the street to meet Cassius, who was waiting at the front door. They got into his car and drove off. She said you'll recognize the building. Turns out it was his former address, a seven-story condo building on the east side between King and Queen Streets, where he'd first lived, with her, when they moved back to the city from out west. He'd been on the roof of the building, in fact they both had, having fucked against the glass railing in the heat of the afternoon, and on hot summer nights, both of them craving to be seen by residents of the neighboring buildings, just for a laugh. She loved getting on her knees and bringing him to climax in her mouth and wondered if anybody had witnessed it through their telescope or maybe captured it on their iPhones. But tonight it was the penthouse, with its private terrace and the massive 144-square-foot leather sectional. Maria had hired a door person, a young cute guy, built and dressed in black pants and a bow tie, no shirt, like a Chippendales dancer. He greeted Carla and Cassius, checked their names off the list, and... Now they stood witnessing the scene that was slowly unfolding before them. Maria and Chloe were holding court in the middle of the living room, dressed like you might expect the co-host of a sex party to be dressed. Stunning bordel lingerie with its requisite access points. Chloe was leaning against the black leather back of the sectional, knees up just a wee bit, legs spread. Maria was next to her, playful fingers between Chloe's legs. She plunged one in and pulled it out and fed it to Chloe's mouth. Carla and Cassius' eyes met Maria and Chloe's and exchanged smiles. Then they headed out to the terrace to get a proper view of the summer evening. They faced west to take in the lit-up city night. A few people were cocktailing outside and breaking the ice with new faces and chatting with familiar ones, too. Through the window they watched as Chloe returned the favor 
fingering Maria and feeding her mouth with her fingers, equally wet by the juice that was flowing from between her legs, too. Carla wanted in on that action, as turned on as she was by Chloe especially, whom she didn't know that well, actually, but was drawn to with her long midnight black hair and incredibly full breasts. She wanted to feel the weight of them in each hand. She took Cassius's hand and led him back inside, and they went to the massive walk-in closet off the master. And she kissed him deeply and said, I fucking missed you, you know. He said, I fucking missed you back. He pulled off his shirt and shoes and pants and stood naked facing Carla, who just had to slip out of her trench, and with shoes off, she was now naked too. But for a simple body-chain harness necklace she'd ordered but never worn until now, it framed her beautiful breasts. Carla's nipples were as hard as her pussy was wet. And she told Cassius, feel the puddle between my legs. He loved how lubricated she always seemed to be. Before they proceeded, she said, I feel like playing, but I don't want to be out of your sight. Cassius smiled and said, and I don't want to be out of your sight either. They agreed and sealed it with a kiss. It was still early and the bedrooms were quiet, but they could see the living room had more bodies already. And they took a spot side by side in the sectional, not far from where Maria and Chloe were playing. Maria was now face down, and her hands were wrapped around Chloe's ass, and her mouth met the space between her legs and her tongue worked her clit. Chloe noticed Carla's interest and broke into a wide grin and waited until Maria lifted her gaze and noticed Carla there. And just as the three ladies were getting comfortable, another couple climbed up and took a spot side by side, directly across from Cassius, and they, like he and Carla, were completely bare and had a similar loving energy for one another. The guy's cock was stiff and pointing north. He watched her hands grip upon it. Cassius was just as stiff. He loved watching women suck their men off. And it was as if she read his mind because two seconds later down she went, dropping her mouth down on her man's shaft. She was playful, teasingly so, looking over at Cassius occasionally as she sucked. Maria's mouth was still busy on Chloe's mound, and Carla had cozied up next to the dark-haired beauty and watched Maria's tongue and fingers at work on her partner's cunt. Carla would wait for a proper sign from Maria before making a move, Maria occasionally lifting her head to meet Chloe's eyes, and she did quietly communicate that it was cool for Carla to join in. And so Chloe and Carla's mouths engaged, and Carla got her wish, feeling the weight of Chloe's incredibly full breasts fingered and lightly pinched her nipples too, and Chloe liked it. And she liked being the center of attention. Carla glanced over at Cassius with wide eyes. She glanced down at Cassius's hard cock and thought, that thing won't be unattended for long, especially the way he was sitting there, proud, arms casually stretched left and right along the back of the top of the couch. She figured it was killing him not to stroke his cock, and just as she thought that, so did he, apparently. He reached down and started stroking. And just then the couple across from him gave him a visual cue to come join them. Carla, seeing it all unfold, gave Cassius an encouraging wink. He made his way over to the couple. Her name was Katie, positioned between her man and Cassius. And she put a hand on each man's throbbing cock. Then she directed her stare at her man, who shot back a look that said, Show me. So much of what was happening was communicated incredibly well with body language more than words. After stroking both men a little longer, Katie repositioned her body to take Cassius into her mouth, keeping one hand on her man's cock 
using the other at the base of the cock that was now in her mouth. It turned her man on to watch, too. She sucked Cassius like she was auditioning for a porno, which turned him on even more. The excitement of it all wasn't lost on Carla, either. Then Maria took Chloe's mouth while Carla used her fingers between her legs. She couldn't resist tasting what was on them. It was delicious. Then Carla noticed Katie's enthusiasm for Cassius's cock, and she couldn't blame her. But she was hungry for some cock, too, so she left Maria and Chloe to play and crawled over and took care of Katie's man, spitting on his cock, and worked her hand around the tip and spit some more and rubbed the wetness all around its throbbing head. It seemed to nearly double in size now that her hands were upon it, too. And she locked in on Cassius's eyes for a bit while she stroked and sucked the other man's cock. Both men were getting worked, and they were enjoying the growing show around them. The feeling of bulging veins and the knowledge that the power of her lips and tongue and jaw could make a man explode and drain his balls was empowering to Carla. The men were getting hungry, too, for the taste of what was between the ladies' legs. As they pondered their next moves, they could see the leather surface was becoming filled with more bodies. Carla and Katie were on fire and having fun. They started synchronizing their moves, and then they lifted their heads, letting their hands work the shafts as their mouths suddenly met, and they could taste one another's man on their lips, and their tongues dove in and out as they stroked the cocks. And then they switched and took the men they'd arrived with into their own hands and mouths, working with even more enthusiasm. Soon both women were decidedly anxious to fill the holes between their thighs, and they mounted each of their man's cocks, knees bent, feet planted on the leather, rising and dropping, and synchronizing that motion too. What a team. As she bounced up and down on him, Cassius reached behind Carla, using his fingers to feel the entry point, rubbing all around her hole. She loved when he did that, prodding her lips as he did. She gripped her tits and presented them to him, and he sucked her nipples intensely, more intensely than anyone ever had. She loved the way they were being watched by the people around them, the ones in the kitchen and the ones just arriving. Once Carla was on his cock, Cassius forgot anyone else was even there. It was just the two of them for all he cared now. He gripped her ass with one hand and her neck with the other and propelled her harder than she'd remember him ever doing down onto his cock. They could have and would have come then and there, but wanted to save it for a private moment. There was no question they were still in love, and they knew it of each other, and they slowed their pace right down and they stopped, and they hugged tightly, letting the rest of the world around them wash away as they closed their eyes and gave their reunion thought. Then Cassius whispered in Carla's ear, Come, come with me. And she lifted off of him, and holding each other's hands, they made their way past the master bedroom, which was now occupied by a threesome. And they slipped into the bathroom, where Carla sat down to pee, and she said, My cunt's on fire. And Cassius was still hard as a rock, and she put her lips on it. She sucked it a bit more. Cassius said, Okay, let's go see if there's a free bed. The next bedroom was occupied, but the third was empty, so they took possession. Carla got on her back and spread herself as wide as possible, and Cassius was inside of her in two seconds and all the way in. His cock had never felt better or thicker than it did right now, she thought, and he told her he'd never been so turned on in all of his life. Ground his pelvis into her, making circles, barely pulling out, staying good and deep, knowing the pressure on her clit was just enough and her G-spot felt the tension, too. 
Their lips met and their tongues danced and darted. And the grinding continued and the pace picked up ever so slightly. And then faster and faster still until he could hear in Carla's breathing that she was close and closer still. And it was when she started to mention God that he knew it was coming. And when it did, Cassius let himself go too, exploding inside of Carla's cunt while he screamed her name. And then they lay still, but not for long. They gathered their clothes and dressed, and said nothing to no one. Cassius took Carla home, put her into his bed, and smiling, they fell asleep. Come on, let's go to the Blue Hotel. I want to live at the Blue Hotel. The Blue Hotel Podcast, just about every Thursday at midnight Eastern. Follow, listen, enjoy, rate, review, share, repeat. Till next time, I'm Jeff Woods. to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness then check out the natural man podcast join me host mike c as we explore all areas of human wellness physical mental and emotional learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health remember your doctor works for you learn biohacks neurohacks ways to improve sleep and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at naturalmanpodcast.com.